the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Remember, before Adam and Eve sinned, they were naked and had no problem with it. But after, they covered themselves. Why? Because as sinners, Adam and Eve understood that, that it was such an undignified thing, and, uh, and they were vulnerable and subject, uh, subject to all kinds of uh, vulnerable situations, and they covered themselves. The biblical view of nakedness is that to see one's father naked was a breach of family ethic. To see someone naked meant to be exposed and, and unprotected, or I should say to be seen in your nakedness was to be exposed and unprotected. It was a terrible dishonor to the person who was seen. It was a shameful thing. In other words, what Ham did in looking at his father without covering him was to show extreme disrespect for his father. But this is not a little boy. It's a grown man with his own children. It mocked Noah. It was an attack on his honor as a man and as a father, especially to see him in a a drunken state like that. Hello, this is Peter Silseth. Welcome to Verse by Verse. The topic of our continuing study is the prophecy of Noah, as pastor teacher Steve Kreloff guides us through this study in Genesis. Pastor Steve has been serving for more than 27 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. His teaching ministry at Lakeside has now expanded to include these daily radio Bible classes. The book of Genesis is the book of beginnings. Time does not allow us to list all the beginnings in Genesis, which is good study in itself. To give you an idea of the not-so-obvious positive beginnings, we have marriage, musical instruments, and manufacturing. On the negative side, of course, we discover sin, murder, shame, fear, and the list could continue. In this passage with Noah, we identify drunkenness, nakedness, shame, and possibly lust. The scriptures aren't clear as to what Ham did that was wrong or what his intentions were, but we know that his attitude was improper and this action is deemed a sinful act. Shem and Japheth covered their father to prevent further embarrassment, but did it in such a way that their actions were not considered sinful. As Pastor Steve concludes this portion of Genesis, he expounds upon Noah's sin and the potential that all mankind is susceptible to such sins. Let's listen to Pastor Steve as he teaches us from God's Word. Now the story is really not about Noah's drunkenness, though it mentions it. It's really not about it, but where, uh, where his drunkenness led, it led to the prophecy. But having said that, though, I think there are some important truths to get a grip on and to apply to our own lives. First of all, it reminds us that anyone can sin. Any one of us can sin and fall into more, uh, the most decadent behavior. It is a shameful thing to think of Noah, drunk. 
And after this, you know, lying naked in his tents, in a drunken stupor. That, that is a shameful thing. But I don't want us to read this and say, what a horrible thing that, that is that happened to Noah. Because you know what? It could happen to any one of us. Noah was a godly man. Noah, it says in Genesis 6 9, he was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. He walked with God. When it says blameless, he was the most godly man. No one could point a finger at Noah and say, boy, he's inconsistent. And, and the New Testament, 2 Peter 2.5, calls him a preacher of righteousness. For 120 years, Noah's preaching God's judgment and righteousness, but here he is drunk. And you know what? If he fell, you and I can fall. And we need to be careful we don't have a self-righteous attitude that says that others can, but not me. You can too. Don't think you're above this. That's why Scripture says pride goes before a fall. When you think you stand, take heed, Paul said, lest you fall. It's the person who thinks he stands, who, who won't fall, who does fall. I'm reminded of Peter. Remember Jesus before the cross announces to the disciples, this night you're all going to forsake me. And Peter said, Lord, I know these guys, they'll do it, but not me. Not me, Lord. And Jesus said, Peter, what are you talking about? Not only will you forsake me, you're going to deny me three times. And that's why after the resurrection, Jesus said to Peter, he said at the Sea of Galilee, do you love me more than these? Who are the these? The disciples. Peter, you once boasted that you love me more than them, that you're better than these guys, that you would never fall. Peter, have you learned your lesson? Have you learned your lesson that you're no more spiritual than these men, that you're vulnerable just like all flesh? So I think there's an important principle here. Don't think it could never happen to you. I don't care who you are. I don't care how many years you've walked with the Lord. Don't think that it could never happen to you. If it happened to Noah, it could happen to you. This incident ought to make us aware that it only takes one fall like this to put a stain on an otherwise godly life. It only takes one thing, one thing to put a stain on an otherwise godly life, and that's tragic. Do you realize how old Noah was when this happened? He was past 600 years old. This is an old man. Now, he lived another 300 years, but he's an old man. And for all those 600 years, because it says, by the way, in Genesis 600 years, I didn't make this up, 600 years old when the flood came. So he's at least 600 years now. For all uh, 600 years, Noah lived a blameless life. But one sin ruined his testimony. Put a stain on it. One incident. And I think it says something to those, especially those who are older in the faith and older in years. You need to be careful so that you don't get sloppy in your old age. I love it when I hear about a great man or a woman of God who ended well. They finished the course well. They didn't get sloppy at the end of their lives. And it bothers me. It bothers me that I read and hear about some pastors and Bible teachers who towards the end of their lives just got kind of goofy. You know, not necessarily in their moral lives, although sometimes that happens, but doctrinally, they, they got flaky. They went off into something that's, that's just odd and bizarre, and it puts a, a, a whole stain on an otherwise great ministry. Listen, if you're an older person in the faith, be careful about getting sloppy spiritually. 
David sinned with Bathsheba when he was in his 50s. Moses, as an old man, sinned, was so angry, God kept him from entering the promised land. No matter how old you are, no matter how many years you've walked with Christ and known Him, don't think you are immune to falling into sin. You need God's sustaining grace. You need to finish well. Paul spoke about finishing the course well. We spoke about that the other week. Finishing well. Paul said at the end of his life, I have finished my course. You know what? He was above reproach. That's what you want to aim for. So don't think that, you know, it's only the young people who really need to be careful about falling. In Noah, we're reminded that any of us could fall, and especially as we get old, because maybe we don't think we need God's sustaining grace. We know it all. That's just pride. Just pride. So going back to Genesis 9, read in verse 21, he drank of the wine, became drunk, he uncovered himself, inside his tent. This verse tells us that after getting drunk, Noah went into his tent and he uncovered himself. In other words, being filled with alcohol, it made him very warm, made him very hot. And so he threw back his cloak, passed out and lay on his tent naked. That's what this verse is saying. And here's where the story gets very interesting. It's challenging as well to interpret, verses 22 and 23. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father. And notice, once again, the father of Canaan. There's some connection with Canaan here. He saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. But Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it upon both their shoulders and walked backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were turned away, so they did not see their father's nakedness. Uh, Now, up to this point, it's been sad, but not difficult to interpret. Now it gets a little difficult. One of Noah's sons, Ham, walked into his father's tent. He saw him lying there naked. He went out and told his two brothers about it. The two brothers then, Shem and Japheth, went into the tent, but would not look upon the nakedness of Noah. They walked backwards, covering him with a garment. Now, that's, that's what the story says. What does it mean? The question is, what was so bad about what, what Ham did? Well, several years ago, I wanted to find out myself, uh, and I was intrigued by this. And so while I was in seminary, I did a paper on this, on the curse of Canaan. And I discovered that there are loads of interpretations, some rather, uh, shall we say, exotic interpretations of this and uh, some other more reasonable interpretations. Let me just tell you the uh, two popular views. One popular view is that Ham uh, was guilty of sexually violating his father. That is to say that there was a homosexual attack on his father. That's, that's what some believe. But you know what? The text doesn't say that. It doesn't say that at all. And the language of the Hebrew, if you compare it with Leviticus, where it speaks of sexual sins, this is not the same language. It just says he saw the nakedness of his father. And the opposite of, of what Ham did was that his brothers refused to see the nakedness of Noah. So it has to do something with seeing. I don't think he did anything in terms of a homosexual attack. Secondly, uh, one rabbinical view is that Ham castrated Noah. That's probably a little exotic. That falls under the exotic range, but I thought I'd tell you about that because the text doesn't say that either. But that is a uh, that is a rabbinical view, and there are other views too that he uh, that Ham did something sexually to his mother, and Canaan uh, Canaan was the was the product of that union, and on and on it goes, and some some rather weird views. 
What was the sin that Ham was guilty of? I think we have to look at the text and take it in, in exactly the way the text presents it. Ham's sin was that in seeing his father naked, he made no attempt to cover him. But instead, he went out and told his brothers about it. One, one uh, Hebrew scholar suggests that in the Hebrew language, the word see means to stare with satisfaction. There was something in his seeing I don't think it was a homosexual tendency, but something in his seeing. Now, let me explain. And I think you have to forget our world to appreciate this because our world cannot be compared. The modern world cannot understand the modesty of which the ancient world looked upon nakedness. The naked body in our world is so glorified and so exploited that we really have a hard time relating and understanding this passage in terms of our culture. We are culturally conditioned because of the exploitation of the human body. But the the ancient world's attitude towards nakedness was very, very different than our world. Nakedness in the Bible is a shameful thing among sinners. Remember, before Adam and Eve sinned, they were naked and had no problem with it. But after, they covered themselves. Why? Because as sinners, Adam and Eve understood that that it was such an undignified thing, and uh, and they were vulnerable and subject subject to all kinds of uh, vulnerable situations, and they covered themselves. The biblical view of nakedness is that to see one's father naked was a breach of family ethic. To see someone naked meant to be exposed and and unprotected, or I should say to be seen in your nakedness was to be exposed and unprotected. It was a terrible dishonor to the person who was seen. It was a shameful thing. In other words, what Ham did in looking at his father without covering him was to show extreme disrespect for his father. Remember, this is not a little boy. This is a grown man with his own children. It mocked Noah. It was an attack on his honor as a man and as a father, especially to see him in a a drunken state like that. Let's take a short break to greet those of you who just joined us since the start of class. We're glad to have you with us here today. You're listening to Verse by Verse. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, is taking us through a study of Noah in the book of Genesis. Since 1981, Pastor Steve has been teaching at Lakeside, and these daily Bible classes of the air are an extension of his ministry. In the Old Testament, one of the responsibilities of the father of the family, before he passed away, was to bless his children. As directed by God, this blessing from Noah also contained a prophecy for his three boys. Shem, the father of the Jewish race, was blessed spiritually. Japheth, father of the Gentiles, was blessed materially, but had to live within the confines of Shem, and Ham's line was cursed because of his sin, which passed down to future generations. Having dealt at some length upon Noah's fall and the lessons it is designed to teach us, we turn now to examine the prophecy which Noah uttered immediately afterwards. Three things will engage our attention the occasion of this prophecy, the meaning of this prophecy, and the fulfillment of it. Let's get back to our class with Pastor Steve as he continues this lesson. 
Now, it's true that Ham may have stumbled accidentally upon Noah, and I take it that that's the case. I don't think he knew what was going on. He just walked into the tent, and there's nothing wrong with that. He stumbled upon him accidentally, but instead of showing respect and reverence for his father, he went outside and publicized it to his brothers. Noah's nakedness, he was he told to his brothers, he, he just seems to be delighted to have found Noah like this in such a state of degradation. And, I, and all of that is wrapped up in this. It's, it's absolutely shameful what he did. And what it indicated about Ham was a moral flaw in his character. It was the first step in abandoning a moral code, which his descendants or his and the descendants of Canaan, his son, will bring to fruition in full force. This was not true of his brothers. His brothers' characters were different because they went into the tent and walked backwards and covered up Noah, showing respect to him. Ham, you see, desecrated uh, just a natural barrier, and he broke domestic propriety. And we have to just understand the culture of that day and how different it was and how much more biblical it really was. As a result of Ham's shameful act of disrespect and dishonor, and really the family um, moral code in in the moral arena of life, Noah, then, when he awakens and understands what happened, probably because he inquired, probably because he asked others what happened, and and he found out what Ham had done to him, Noah makes a prophetic statement, not against Ham, but against Ham's family honor. Because his family honor, as a man and a father, was desecrated, and so Ham's family honor will be desecrated as well. And we'll, we'll pick this up next week. But today, we need to consider what I call three lessons that come out of this. Number one, out of this whole passage. Number one, and I know I'm leaving you hanging, so you have to come back next week. Number one, and, and let's, let's bow for this. I want you to be quiet and still before the Lord. Number one, what you need to think about today is your own attitude racially. Racially. I, I call you to think biblically. I call you to think biblically. I understand if you've been conditioned. I have been conditioned myself. I came from a very, very prejudiced background. And I understand. But we are to renew our minds by the Word of God. You need to think differently, and you need to repent of any pride and prejudice. Secondly, I call you to a consistency of your own testimony, especially as you get older. I don't think as as you get older, it gets easier in the Christian life. Battles that you thought you won years ago, you realize you have to win again. I call you to consistency. Those who are older in the faith and older in years need to be an example to those who are younger. You need God's sustaining grace more than ever. And I call you today to respect and honor your parents. We are to respect our parents. You'll 
never have a situation most likely that uh, Ham and Noah face, but the principle of respect, reverence, it's part of the Bible, part of the Ten Commandments, part of the New Testament, honor your mother and father. Respect them. Reverence them. Don't do anything that would bring shame upon them. We'll have a few moments of silence and then I'll close in prayer. We never want to have an opportunity or ministry, especially in the morning when we have visitors and those who may not be uh, in a relationship with Christ to let an opportunity pass without telling you that we're always available as your leaders, myself, our staff, our elders. If you'd like to know about a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you'd like to know about knowing the God who previously has been unknown to you, knowing him in a personal way and knowing that your sins are forgiven, then I invite you to come up after the service. Father, thank you for allowing us to study Scripture like this, Lord, that for many, this is the first time they've ever studied this. For many, this may be the last time they'll ever study this. But I pray that you will help us to understand your word and the truths of this. Lord, this is a portion that is uh, easily passed over by many because it takes some thinking. It takes some, some hard uh, looks at, at truths. And I would pray that you'd help us, Lord, to follow the principles here, to understand biblically what races are about, to understand biblically about where we came from, and uh, to have our thinking straight and to not be prejudiced. How, how much Scripture speaks against prejudice, Lord? How much Scripture speaks against the pride of prejudice? And I would pray that you'd help each of us, Lord, to have the right biblical humble attitude towards other people. I pray, Father, too, that you would help us as we grow older, Lord, to be consistent, to not let one stain of sin wreck our testimony. I think of what Proverbs says, that a good name is, is more to be desired than great riches. Lord, what a great man Noah has been, and in the, and in the big picture of his life, continues in our minds to be a great man. But this is such a sad thing, and I, I pray for our older men and older women that you would help them be the most godly, consistent people. And Father, I would pray that you'd help us to show respect to our parents, to show honor and reverence. And Lord, also, just as far as modesty, a principle that comes from this about modesty and, and moral propriety, help us to not be sucked into the culture of our day, just like the Israelites were warned to not be like the Canaanites, Lord, so the church is often like the Canaanites in our own society. Help us to be distinct and different. Protect us from um, the pornography and uh, exploitation of nakedness that uh, is so prevalent in our world. Help us to be pure in our minds. Help us to be pure in our thinking. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Steve, for this intriguing and interesting study. We see that even though Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord and was saved from floodwaters that covered the entire earth, he was still human and subject to sin. He gave way to temptation which resulted in sin. Drunkenness is but the first step of a downward spiral that gives way to Satan and grieves our Heavenly Father. 
The next recorded event of Noah is his death. In the next verse-by-verse program, Pastor Steve will share with us the history of his sons and the three branches of the human race as he continues his four-message series on Mankind, One Race, from the book of Genesis. Time is running out, so we need to say so long for now. We're glad that you could join us today for Verse by Verse. Pastor Steve Kreloff is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, where he has been serving since 1981. If you would like to listen again to today's class, you can hear it at our website, versebyverseradio.org, or download it for later. The same is true for many of our previous classes, which are available on the archives page. Please feel free while you are there to sign up for our newsletter or our podcasting service. Both are free for the asking. Once more, that web address is versebyverseradio.org. Our lesson today was the third part of a three-part message. It's sometimes helpful to hear a sermon all at one sitting. We have CDs and cassettes available if you would like to order one. Just call us at 727 727- Four four one one seven one four. Leave your name and a number, and we will call you back during regular office hours. Our number again is 727-441-1714. This broadcast is a production of Verse by Verse Ministries, a faith ministry supported by the prayers and gifts of listeners like you. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.